the bread that is wasted just because of that problematic that you can now produce in time. You need to know it beforehand. In Austria, it's 70,000 kilograms, so 70 tons per day. Wow. Okay. 70,000 is, is wasted. Is wasted. Okay. That is... That is ridiculous. Welcome to Stories from the Workshop, a podcast about software and the people who build it. I'm your host, Meredith Luff. I co-founded Anvil, the platform for building full-stack web applications entirely in Python. And you learn all sorts of things on this job, like how to run a bakery. Today, we're going to Vorarlberg, on the border between Austria and Switzerland, where bread is big business. I spoke to Mark Broyce, who founded a SaaS startup to modernize the business of bakeries. How does one end up writing bakery software? Yeah. Well, I actually get the question a lot. I, I'm not surprised. Yeah. It started like I was 14 or something like that. And my, my father, he owns a bakery. And it's quite a small bakery. We have like 20 employees. And when I was 14, I was doing a school of hotel management. So actually, I was working as a waiter and as a chef. So I was as far away from software development as as one can be. Mm-hmm. And then I remember he wanted some some change on his software he had back then. I think it was 2000, 2011 or something. It was like an MS-DOS program. At least it looked like that. And he wanted some things changed. And the guys charged him, I don't know, 15 grand or something. For a small bakery that was at the time, it was horrendous. And we were quite angry. And of course, I thought, can't be that hard to write a program. And then I announced that I'm going to write the program ourselves. We don't need to pay anymore. And my father, being very optimistic, uh, he, all, he immediately canceled the program he had at the time and said, okay, we now have six months to write our own software. And then I sat in front of the PC and Google, like, how do you make a program? <laughs> I found <laughs> numerous stuff and I was completely overwhelmed. But then I ended up, I think I did an Excel with Visual Basic for applications. Something like that. And I managed to do a software that roughly did the same the old one did. That was like taking orders in. You could like take orders in. I don't know, Meredit ordered 10 pieces of, of a croissant. And at the end of the month, builds came out. And that was like the software. And that worked for three years, I think. And that was the first piece of software I did. That is very impressive. So why are specifically bakeries, possibly specifically bakeries in Austria, running custom software? Most people who are listening to this will probably have never set foot behind the counter of a bakery. Like, what is going on in that business? And why do you need computers involved at all? Heck, why do you not just have a cash register in an oven? Like, <laughs> I want to walk us through how, how a bakery actually works. The difficult thing in a bakery is that... All you produce, you need to produce in advance. So if you have like a, a simple bread, you usually need a, a dough for it. Mm-hmm. And the dough usually needs a few days of resting time before it can be baked. So, for example, you need a, a bread X. Mm-hmm. And for that bread, you need a dough that rests for two days. And in that resting time, the dough develops. And for that dough, you need doughs before that. So... Usually a dough consists of a of five to six different recipes that were made at a different point of time. So simply put, if you order 10 breads for Friday, 
chances are that you need to start on Thursday, creating the first uh, recipes and resting them for a few days. Then um, let's say mix them together with other recipes so that in the end of Friday, you have enough dough to bake the bread. And as you grow as a bakery, it gets extremely complicated to manage at what day you need to start with what and in what amount. And presumably all of this is a gamble because you're sticking your neck out. Yes. Like best part of a week in advance or, or even longer. Exactly. Trying to work out what exactly everybody is going to come in and buy from you in what, three, seven, ten days time? Yes, you're just guessing and they're guessing pretty good. But still, if you have like 12 to 13 different um, articles and usually you have more, it's almost impossible to guess it. That's why they make like 30 to 50% more just to be sure. And what we do, we have a point of sale application. So we know exactly what you sold. Additionally, we have a bakery application, which shows exactly how much you created. And the difference is what you created too much or too less. So since we know the Delta, we can forecast it for the next day and give the, the bakeries exact forecast of what they should produce so that the demand in a few days or a few weeks is set. And I mean, how far apart are those two things? Like uh, in a typical Austrian bakery, is the baking and the dough mixing happening sort of in the same building as the counter? Or do you also have a logistics operation going on, taking it from some central place to branches all over the town or further out? That depends on the bakery. So the first um, customers we have, they usually have two or three branches so logistics is not that big of a deal, but we're talking with bigger customers and they need logistics, which makes it even more complex since they are shipping out the products twice a day. So you need to have two shifts, which can adapt to the in-day demand, let's say. And yet when you say adapt to the in-day demand, but of course, every piece of flour that is in every piece of dough that's in that finished product that's getting shipped out to the branches has to have been started off. What, how long beforehand? Depends on the dough, but yes, five days beforehand. But usually you have, in addition to it, because just casting it forward would be too hard. You could never do it as, as exact as you need to. That's why most bakeries have a separate um, freezer where they have like a, a puffer zone where like they have a hundred pieces of each bread, which you can take out if it's too little or the forecast was too far off. But keeping the puffer as, as little as possible is the, the challenge. I see. So just how big is the standalone bakery industry? We are all only targeting medium-sized bakeries at the moment, so no huge bakeries that have hundreds of branches. And in Germany, Swiss and Austria, our current target market, there are 15,000 bakeries in that size. So there are a lot. Good gracious. Have you worked out how many tons of bread that corresponds to every day? We have some, some rough numbers for Austria. Mm -hmm. The bread that is wasted, just because of that problematic that you don't, you cannot produce in time, you need to know it beforehand. In Austria, it's 70,000 kilograms, so 70 tons per day. Wow. Okay. 70,000. Okay. Is, is wasted. Is wasted. Okay. That is... And that is ridiculous. And that much bread is being thrown away because bakeries have to put a wet finger in the air and guess. Yeah, just guess. And of course, you need to guess more because 
it would be too risky for a for a company to have too little in the store. You can sell it. Better throw away seventy tons of bread. <laughs> so you got into this because this was a family business. Yes. And uh, how far have you taken the business now? Uh, when did you launch? How many customers? How much revenue? Tell us an impressive numbers. We started like I was in military. That's in Austria, mandatory. I don't know how it's in other states, but in Austria, you need to go to the military. Mm-hmm. And I was there. Um, everyone was asleep, and I was there with a laptop coding for our business. <laughs> like a military friend of mine once came to my bed and said, "Like, what the fuck are you doing, man?" And he was like, "Yeah, I'm coding this business, and I'm doing that." And with him, he found it pretty great. With him, I founded it, and we officially started the company um, startup this year. And we launched beta in March with the first customer. And since then, we were able to secure 10 customers. So we're running about 10 customers now. And we make about 400 to 600 per month per customer. So you are well on your way then. Yes. I mean, we're currently more or less break even. I mean, that is, that is astonishing work to be to start at the start of 2021 of all years yeah. and be breaking even before we get halfway through the year. I mean, that's a great thing about software. I mean, we need a, a small office, two laptops and Envil works and that's all you need, actually. <laughs> so it's just the two of you that, who have built all of this? No, my dad also helped. He got into UI and UX designing and now we got an additional coder to the team. So we're actually enlarging the team and getting more, more power in there. All right. Walk me through the product. What is it? What bakery buys uh, the Mark One software? What do they get? So first, you get a, a office part of the software, and there you can put in all your data. So the main data you need is articles. You need ingredients. You need recipes. You need employees. And you need suppliers. And with those basic data points, you can add them. It's like a, a spreadsheet. You can think about it. Mm-hmm. You can all your articles, all your suppliers. That's the core. And an article is something like a croissant or a black roll or a... Exactly, exactly. The actual units you sell. And when you yes. say recipes, how much does yeah. it need to know about a recipe? Well, a recipe consists of ingredients. And the ingredient is having all the information that's needed. Mm-hmm. It concludes all the... Um, nutrient um, levels, so you know how much calcium is in there, how much uh, carbohydrates, things like that. Mm-hmm. And once the recipe knows that, it can also consist of other recipes. So it can be like a tree. Each recipe has a, a, a lag, let's say, how much it needs to lag behind of the actual day. And the whole tree itself can be lagged as well. So the first recipe has a lag of one day, the second recipe, the sub-recipe of two days, and that's how you, we can calculate back and that's how it works out okay how far in advance you need to start on the first dough if you want to be selling yes if you want to be selling a croissant next Thursday yes so a croissant is linked to a recipe the recipe has sub recipes which are lag and from that on we can calculate back to the very first recipe you need to to mix together so that's the office component. That's the kind of upfront configuration of, okay, the, these are the operations that this bakery chain can perform. What do you do then? Also in there, there is a order taking system. So you can take orders for your customers, mm-hmm. which are then at the end of a month completed to, um, to bills. Mm-hmm. They're automatically sent out by email. 
to the customer. And that's like the whole office part. Also a analytics part where you can measure how much orders did you take this week, how much bills did you ship out, things like that. So when you say orders, these aren't people who are walking into a branch of the bakery and saying, I will take 10 loaves of bread, please. No, um, no. This is a whole another section of the business that probably most people don't see. How does this work? That's, that's usually a B2B part. So many restaurants, many supermarkets, they order at the bakery, mm-hmm. mostly recurring, and the baker ships it out to them. I see. So a, a restaurant will say, uh, we source our bread from such and such bakery and we will take a yes. daily delivery. And we also need those orders to put it into calculation how much bread we need to mix together because that's an important part. If you have more orders, of course, you need to um, include those those recipes into the bakery system. That must have been a bit of a challenge creating this system because, as you point out, this is one of those programs that's only useful if it knows about absolutely everything you're doing because it doesn't know if it doesn't know about everything it's going to tell you to make the wrong amount of dough exactly how much time did you spend investigating the workings of bakeries to to make sure you had covered all of the things that you needed to know before building this thing honestly it took me 10 years so like for the first day and i made three iterations we're big iterations of the program and only the third one really worked. The first two, they always left some, some spot out. That's why it never really worked. And still, we have a lot of factors we did not include into the algorithm. So weather is a part. If it's sunny, more people are buying baguettes. If it's rainy, more people are buying this. So still, we need to ex- include external factors to really forecast My goodness. what people are buying. In the office, you've, you've, you've set up all the things you can make, all the recipes, how far in advance you need to start mixing that stuff in. Uh, you've set up your recurring orders and the, the program manages billing the restaurants or whoever who is ordering a recurring quantity of bread. Then what happens? The second part is the point of sale applications. So it's a cashier system. Mm-hmm. And we did not have that in previous iterations, but we need it because only then, if you were at a point of sale, you get all the data in. So it's point of sale system where all salespeople can uh, put in the bills or put in the articles that people buy and they get a receipt. And it's mostly important to get the data. What are the customers buying at the shops? That's why we need that a point of sale system. And then there's also a terminal in the actual bakery where they are making the bread. How, what do they do there? The bakery terminal, terminal sources all the information it has. So from the recurring orders, from the older point of sale applications, from the weather, from previous um, orders. And in, it makes like a to-do list for the bakery and tells him, okay, these are the doughs you need to mix to today. Tells him you need to mix in this amount of kilo of flour, this amount of liter of water. So it tells him the whole mixture. He just has to click like a checklist. Okay, I did that, I did that, I did that. And that's the mixing part. Mm-hmm. The second part of a bakery is the the actual baking part, because it's different. Usually you mix the, the doughs, which are baked a few days in future, and you bake the doughs that rested for a few days. And those two things are being told by the system to him. And that's actually how the baker now knows what he has to do. So you have computerized the basically the entire bakery process? Yes. Wow. So the system manages the creation of the doughs, it manages the resting, it manages the baking off of those things. And then is it also doing inventory management for the branches when it when these articles are shipped out? 
it should be in the future, but it does not currently. So we're working on that. But in the end, it should be for a small bakery. All business processes should be going through Mark 1. That's the, the ultimate goal. I mean, this is an enormous system and clearly getting bigger. Yeah. I'm really interested. How long did it take you to build this? Yes, it took you 10 years to, to know what you needed to know. But when you from when you sat down in that military barracks and started coding to now? In Anvil, you see how many days you were online thinking that the forum has the function. And I can tell you exactly now. So it took me uh-huh. to go to Anvil forum summary. Okay, my stats are 364 days visited. So it took me exactly 364 days in Anvil to code this. That is a lot of work. And you started while you were still uh, doing military service. Yes. Wow. And that was two of you? Did you do uh, the coding on your own? You you said you had a co-founder. Yeah. So he did some coding and some UI stuff, but the, the backend coding I did all by myself. At first, now we we got a new employee, and he will continue doing Android coding as well. He's actually now doing tutorials, so <laughs> we should get start should get should get started in a few months or a few weeks, hopefully. What parts of your system uh, run on Anvil? Almost all parts, except for the point of sale application. So we wanted to do the point of sale application in Anvil, but we ran into numerous things. So you use an off-the-shelf point of sale application. So Google Flutter, because of the cross-platform functionality. Hi, everyone. This is Mark here. Since we recorded the podcast, Anvil released support for offline apps. And honestly, that was all we needed to go 100% Anvil. We ditched Flutter and we're now 100% Anvil. And honestly, we're loving it. Now our iPads at the point of sale run full Anvil. Thanks to the Anvil team. Great product. Okay, back to the interview. But you still use Anvil for the the bakery interface, the office interface, for maintaining all these records. Yes. All the other applications that are coming now, we want to do like a, a small commission device. Mm-hmm. It's actually on your wristband. It's a mobile phone application, web application on your phone, on a wristband, which tells you what you need to ship to which um, to which shop. And that's going to be what? In the, in the central hub that's doing the logistics yes it's going to be in the central part maybe it's a different app so because we don't want all people of the company to have access to the data but it will definitely be on Anvil. how have you found using it what would you have had to do uh, without it i think without it we would be very would have been very slow because i did not have experience in web development at first so the first applications are always called native so my experience was limited there, but I wanted to go to the web and I think it would have just slowed us down actually. Because we, we saw the UI creation, it was very fast because of the drag and drop editor. Even my dad, who is not really a coder, was able to drag and drop the, the forms together, which really helped us speed up. And so how long had you been programming at all when you started building this? As, as I said first, when I was young, I was like always doing some coding on the side, but never really professional. I then go to, went to university and I studied business and informatics, where I came into um, Python and real coding. My major was data science, thus Python was, has always been my favorite language. So I was coding for five to six years, I'd say. Okay, so you actually had a sol- fairly solid backing yeah. of Python, and but no web development experience. When you finally decided to uh, do for everybody what you were doing for your dad, it was right here. 
Yeah, it was perfect. Yes, because I know I wanted to go to the web and Python was the main other language I spoke best. So when I saw Anvil, I was immediately hooked. Awesome. My next question is, what, what's next for you? What are you? What do you want to build next? Where do you want to grow? What are what are your plans? I mean, the company's only six months old. So the the main or the main focus right now is stability. We shipped out to, as I said, ten customers, and of course, as every early software, we're now seeing feature requests there, issues there, bugs there. So now the main focus will be stability. Get all those bugs out of the system. Do some some useful feature requests, and also get it to 20, 30 customer base that were solid. And then we want to improve the software and expand it, especially the, the forecast part. So yes, what else do you want to include? Uh, you've already mentioned you wanted to look at weather, you wanted to look at distribution logistics. Yeah. What else do you want to cover? Well, first of all, we want to um, collect as much data as possible so we can see what factors uh, were useful at the day. Maybe even include something like traffic, mm-hmm. because many of our customers in cities and traffic in city can play a major role. How fast you can get to a bakery? Uh, what does it? What does it do? Yeah. Also, we were thinking about some other stuff, but in the end, I think we need to have enough data from our customers to forecast it better. Currently, we're limited by it. We only have, let's say, three months, and we need at least two years. To have all seasons covered, all the holidays covered, things like that. Talking about holidays, I mean, I don't want to go in too much detail, but it's pretty hard because, let's say, a holiday that, that shifts the days. It, it's really different if a holiday is on Monday or if it's on Saturday, if you're closed on Sunday. Ah, oh, so the holidays like Easter that will yeah. shift around or... So you can just say, okay, let's make the same amount we made last year at the day. Because if last year at the day was the holiday and it shifted. So you need to account for that. Also, our customers mm-hmm. have different open hours. If you're closed on Sunday, Saturday will be a much higher demand. Also, if your holiday is like in the middle of the week, the day before will be more demand. But if the holiday is at Monday and Sunday is out as well, then Saturday will be extremely hard because people need to buy for two days now. So all those things need to be included. That is, I mean, mind-bending. Do you have any statistics, even on what you're doing already, about how how much wasted bread you are avoiding? So the, the main thing that, uh, that we do is that the, the bakery is now able to see how much bread it's wasting, because usually now they don't even know. <laughs> They're just producing, and then, I mean, think about it. If you're at the end of the day, Hard work, they, you don't want to count all the breads that has been left over. They're just throwing it away. So they actually don't know. With our system, they at least know it automatically because we know what you've produced and what you've sold. So produced minus sold is being left over. And many of our customers say that's their main advantage now, that they see how much are they wasting in percent. So that 70 ton a day figure just for one city, which I keep going back to because it blows my mind, even that was a sort of no. had to be a rough estimate because most of these businesses just didn't know. They don't know because they're not counting it. Of course, it's another, that it would take you half an hour to count all the breads that were left over and actually get you nothing. Uh, yep. So with our system, you at least know. It makes sense. That is astonishing. What is the most surprising thing you have learned in the process of 
building this business from scratch so far? I mean, I appreciate yeah. I'm only asking about your first six months. What <laughs> surprised you so far? So the customer always wants the simple stuff. As a short example, we included a, a system where the, the dose, the sorting of the dose was smart. So you could like check it. You've done that though, you've done that though. And then it would learn from the, the order you were checking it, how the order of the next day should be. So it sorted it automatically. Mm -hmm. But we included with it, I don't know, it cost us a week or two to build that system. But in the end, the customer didn't like it. They just wanted a system they can sort themselves because they don't want it to be sorting itself. They want to sort it. So always a simple. That was like a surprising thing. Yes, people want the computers to be smart, but only so smart. Yeah, that's that's well said. They don't want it to be too smart. They want to tell him how it should be sorted and then it must be sorted this way. But I suppose the advantage of moving fast is that that only costs you a week. Yes. I know companies where that would have cost them six months. Yeah. <laughs> So that's that's a good thing. If you're a startup, you can move pretty fast, ship out pretty fast. So that's that's an advantage. In one sentence, why Anvil? One sentence. As the name suggests, Anvil is a tool and it's the fastest tool out there. That's just it. All right. Well, thank you very much for that. Uh, Mark Broyce, founder of the Mark One Bakery System. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. What's a pleasure. You've been listening to Stories from the Workshop. I've been Meredith Luff. I've been speaking to Mark Broyce from Mark One Bakeries, and you can learn more about them at markone.at. You can find out more about Anvil at anvil.works or listen to back episodes of this podcast at anvil.works podcast. This episode was edited by Baz Richardson. The music was by Signal Smith, and I'll be back next time with more Stories from the Workshop.